It's Baseball and Beyond, presented by Mass's Restaurant. Today we go beyond. Bernie, we're going to talk baseball with Bernie Federko. Well, you know, this is uh, not my, my best sport for talking about. I mean, I played baseball a little bit, but, uh, you know, I don't know an awful lot. I know what you have to do. I know you have to score more runs than the other team does. Okay. You're the first beyond guest. We've, well, Bob Costas was on before you, so I did nab Bob Costas. We talked. But you're our first hockey guy, so we're excited to have you. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I mean, really am. You have a statue outside. How often do you drive around and look at the statue? Well, every time I go past the rink to go park in the parking lot, I have to go buy it. So uh, I don't look at it very often, but I do know it's there, and it's pretty special for it to be there. So it did. No, it's it's it's, Brad, a truly an honor to be able to, um, you know, have a statue out there. It's a, I mean, it's it's very surreal for me because you don't ever expect something like that to happen. And uh, I know that every time my kids uh, drive by, they make sure they look at it. So it's you know what the the thing about it is that it's going to be there. You know, for an awful long time, a lot longer than I'm going to be around. So that that's a pretty special feeling. Yeah, I pay my I pay my respects every time. You saw <laughs> me do it one time, but uh, we're going to talk about the Blues this year. But I did. It's always fun to talk to you about your career and and that time in the of NHL in the '70s because you came up in the '70s. I think a lot of people miss sort of the grittiness, the the way people stuck up for people. What was it like as you were coming through and you got into the mid-70s, maybe late-70s, the way the game was played? Because you had some characters. You had the Plaguers. You had Durbano, which I'm definitely going to ask you about. Do you think we still have those type characters? And is it as fun as I feel like it was, even though I didn't really get to see it? I get to see it on tape and hear about it from my parents or uh, uncles? No. I mean, the characters that we had back then uh, are not like what they are today. I mean, the game has changed an awful lot. I mean, the game then uh, was really kind of uh, a lot to do with bullying. Uh, there's, you know, uh, there were enforcers on every team, and uh, intimidation was a, was a huge factor. Uh, I think the game now is, is, is you know, it's more speed and, and more finesse than, than, than it was in those days. I mean, in our day, we had the finesse players, then we had the enforcers to make sure that the skilled players could play. And uh, unfortunately, it, it got to the point where there were more enforcers and they were skilled players then it made it even tougher and then all, all the skilled players had to get involved with things that they shouldn't have been involved in but no there were there were, you know it was it was it was uh, again probably for a lot of fans it was a lot more fun back then because I think everybody enjoyed the fights enjoyed the uh, the, the, the hits I mean the Bobby Plager hip check uh, um, you know things like that happen I mean that, that are not even allowed now I mean you can't hit anybody below the knees you can't hit anybody above the shoulders now so I mean it's a lot different but you know it's for the safety of the game I mean there's young kids that are out there that want to play the game parents want their kids to play and uh, if the game was too violent, I think there would be a lot of parents who wouldn't allow their kids to play. So I, I think that uh, the league has done a, a great job. I mean, it's still, um, you know, a, a fantastic game. It's it's faster. Athletes are bigger, stronger, faster than they've ever been. So, um, I mean, I think it's just a dynamic league to watch. Safety schmafety, I say. Bernie, I miss those days. Those were fun. Um, but I did mention Durbano, and I know I've talked to you about this a million times. We used to work together, me and you. It was fun, too. Hopefully you'll call me Bradley at some point so people can have a good laugh at that. Uh, and maybe say some of the other stuff you used to say to I me off camera. I can't say that on, no, I would never say that on on, on, on a microphone. Just give me one Bradley, Bradley. Bradley, Bradley. You know, there'd be a lot of Bradleys that have happened over the course if people only knew. Yeah. But Durbano, we talked about one night uh, at MSG. The only reason I knew about it is because I saw it on YouTube. But basically, it looks like he's mooning the crowd. Give me a little bit about that night and maybe a little bit about some... We talked about the characters. He was a, a character, right? Is he one of the main guys you remember as one of your uh, brawling-type characters? And, and that night in, in particular? Yeah, you know, Derby was. I mean, Derby was a real team player. I mean, he was an enforcer. He had a, you know, he had a screw loose. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, Derby was looking to cause problems every time he was out there. And that would be really... That was kind of his job. I mean, 
you try to get a, under the skin of other players on other teams, and that was, you know, he was a pest. And I like was the a, screw loose yeah, line, though. Well, That's pretty good. He, he was. I mean, he was one of those guys that, you know, you weren't sure uh, what was going to happen. He was very unpredictable, and to, for uh, other teams to have to play against that, it, it was very difficult. So what is he going to do? Is he going to drop his gloves? Is he going to punch me in the side of the head? What is, what is going to happen? So those are the type of players, it's great when they're on your side as opposed to the other side. But uh, the good news for most of us is that, Everybody, every team had those, and they usually kind of picked on each other, which was the good news. But uh, that night in, at MSG, uh, uh, you know, Emil Francis was a longtime general manager of, of the New York Rangers. So when we go to New York, because he was our GM now, uh, there was always that extra incentive. I mean, he wanted us, you know, dearly to win the game, um, you know, because he still, you know, obviously uh, felt that he had to beat the Rangers every time that, you know, we, we, we had played against them. So uh, we didn't have a lot of success in that building. So it seemed that every time we went in there, there was something was going to happen. Something was going to boil over, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Nick Vitiu was uh, kind of a big tough guy for for them. Uh, I mean, Nick was a uh, you know a big man that uh, you know couldn't you know he skated very well in a straight line. But you know what? If you were in, <laughs> that's what I, I you know <laughs> but if you were in the way when he was in that straight line, you were going to you know probably get hurt. You're going to be having some trouble. Well, uh, Nick was running around that night, and uh, Steve took it upon himself that he was going to slow things down. So he started a brawl uh, over between the benches uh, with with Nick Fatiu. And you know what? You know as it was in those days, that everybody kind of uh, squared off. I mean, there was uh, everybody uh, came off the benches. It was kind of common, which was ridiculous. And you grabbed a hold of a player. And in, in my thoughts, was I was always going to hoping that I was going to grab someone that was. Like I was, another and, yeah, another center ice, another guy that was not looking to to start a brawl. So, uh, but that was the night he did it. So we all squared off, and it lasted for a number of times. The linesman tried to get him off the ice. The crowd, of course, at MSG was was booing like crazy. But um, he took it upon himself as he went off the end uh, end of the ice. We always had to exit where the uh, Zamboni uh, was. The doors were open, and he got there, and he, yeah, he pulled his pants down and <laughs> mooned the crowd at MSG. Not many people can say that, but Derby did do it, and it was actually quite funny. And uh, we didn't even know what to think when he did it, but um, we all laughed about it, but uh, he didn't get into that much trouble. Was that the craziest one? The craziest brawl? I mean, luckily we have it on YouTube. Is that the one that you think of, or is it well, Philadelphia that, was before you, right? Because well, the players? Yeah, the players, I mean, Bobby talks about that. That was way before me. I mean, that was, you know, again, there was we had brawls in Philadelphia all the time, too. I mean, uh, but that was one that went into the stands. I mean, I, you know, I was involved in you know, all kinds of those. I mean, junior, we went into the stands. It was ridiculous. And we went in, even when the minors, we went into Salt Lake City playing against the Eagles. The one that we went into the stands there, too, to, to protect our assistant general manager that was down. Dennis Ball was down there, and he got into some altercation in the stands. So we went up into the stands. But, I mean, those are really, you know, black marks against, uh, you know, hockey. I mean, th those things aren't supposed to happen. I mean, they did happen in the past, but, you know, obviously a lot of things have changed. But, no, there was, you know, I mean, we had a crazy streaker crawl over the glass in Toronto, the one and that's on YouTube. You can find that. That's a nuts too. Is because the guy crawled over with just a pair of socks on, came out in the middle of the ice. I was taking a face off, and he uh, ran across and stood there with a big sign that said "Go Leafs," and no one knew what to do. We all backed off, started laughing, and the linesman didn't know what to do. He started running around on the ice until the linesman better thought, "Well, we better do something." So they tackled him. I, I didn't want there was not, not a guy that, that didn't have any clothes on that was I was going to tackle, but the linesman ended up tackling him, and you know, of course, they took him off. They took him to jail, and uh, Harold Ballard, the owner of the team at the time thought it was the most exciting moment in Maple Leaf hockey for that year. That's how bad that team was, that he actually bailed the guy out for him. So it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sorry that I ran on the ice that night. That was a terrible thing of me to do. I was looking back at some of the uh, ownership, and uh, as soon as you got here, 
I looked at this. There was only three employees in 1977 uh, during that time. I think that's what I read on Wikipedia. But I do remember 1983. Maybe move on to that where you guys don't even send anyone to the draft. What was that time like when there was so much? I mean, the team was basically out of here going up to to Canada, kind of close to where you grew up. And and Harry Oness comes in and saves it. But what was it like as a player during that time with all that unrest? I mean, to to think of a team not going and drafting any any sport, it, it just blows my mind. And the fact that Ralston Purina basically just washed their hands and said, you guys do whatever you want. I don't care what you guys do. Yeah, those are strange times, especially when you look at the strength of, of the league now. I mean, you know, billions of dollars now in, in, in our game. And, you know, which tells me there must have been some money in, in, in the game, you know, back then. But, I mean, I'll, if you want me to start in 77, I mean, yeah, the Solomons were, had put the club up for sale. Uh, and yet, yeah, times were tough. I mean, they had gone down. I mean, even when I played in the minors that, that year, I mean, we were using leftover underwear from, from St. Louis, from the guys here. We didn't even have, you know, new underwear down uh, in the minors. So it was tough. We didn't have pattern sticks. We had to curve our own sticks like we had did in, had done in junior. So it was, it was you know, times were tough. But, uh, you know, the Solomons were trying to get, you know, somebody to, to, to buy the team. And, uh, you know, at the end of the season, they decided that, you know what, they were going to pare down as few employees as they could because they were still trying to sell. Uh, and uh, Emil Francis, who was with the GM, you know, did a great job keeping things together. He was able to find, uh, you know, R. Haldine, who was the uh, uh, chairman of the board of the of Ralston Purina. They had conversation. They had a conversation from what Mr. Francis had told me earlier in the year at a, at a function. And um, Emil Francis was able to talk uh, Ralston and, and Mr. Dean into buying the Blues. So, I mean, um, we went from, you know, really from dire straits there at the end of the year to having, you know, a great company like uh, Ralston Purina, who ran us like a business. It was fantastic. But, um, you know, when R. Haldine was, was uh, forced to retire, uh, at age 65 uh, in 1983, that's when uh, the new you know, chairman of the board decided that they wanted to sell some of the uh, entities that, that, that Ralston had owned to, to, you know, for the stockholders, and one of them was the Blues. So, yeah, it was, it was tough for all of us because you know, that's my hometown, Saskatoon, and Bill Hunter uh, was trying to put together a group uh, to buy the team and he was going to buy it from Ralston Green. Of course, the league was not allowing that to happen at the time, so um, it was not until Harry Ornest came in and was able to you know, get a great deal on buying the team and uh, you know from from Ralston and from the city uh, uh, that we were able to keep things together but no it was it was a shame I mean that set us back I mean you you build your organization through the draft I mean all of us that were successful that you know with the Blues uh, from our early years and you go to the early 80s were because of the draft uh, with the way the draft of Mr. Francis had done so uh, it was a tough blow to the organization when that happened but you know at least Harry did save us. I, I can say a lot of bad things about Harry Ernest, the way he, you know, ran the organization, the tightness that he ran the organization. But, you know, he did step up and he did, you know, keep the the, the city or you know the Blues here in St. Louis, which you know what we were all indebted for because here it is, you know, 25 years later. I mean, this is a great franchise that is, uh, you know, got a great following, and uh, you know things are great here with the Blues. Yeah, we'd be in deep trouble if in 1983 they leave, and then the football teams yeah. we'd be in deep trouble. Yeah. Um, looking at your career, obviously a lot of accolades, Hall of Fame, obviously. Um, always wondered though, never asked you this. Did you ever feel? Um, if there's a guy number 99 not skating up in Edmonton, maybe you get a little more pub. Maybe I mean he was doing things as a center that no one had ever done. He's just scoring goals and all the assists and all the points. Uh, and maybe if you played somewhere else, do you think maybe? I mean you're in the Hall of Fame. I mean you got a statue. Everything that you could possibly want happened for you. But do you even think? Yeah, maybe if I played in New York, maybe if I played in Toronto all those years with those numbers, and, and maybe if there's no Wayne Gretzky around, maybe uh, you know maybe I'm looked at as you know 
I don't even know how to say it. You are one of the greatest, but you know what I'm trying I think you know yeah, what I'm no, trying to I say. Understand. Bradley, Bradley, yeah, yeah, give no, me one no, of those. No, Bradley, I understand <laughs> what you're, where you're going. Now, you know what? Wayne, deser- Wayne Gretzky deserves all the accolades that he's ever gotten. I mean, what he did in his career is absolutely you know, incredulous. It really is. I mean, he's got almost twice as many points as anybody else that played the game, which is incredible. Um, but no, I mean, yes. I mean, what, what you're saying is, is true. Is that I, you know, we played in a small market uh, here in St. Louis. Hockey was not, you know, the big ticket here. It was, it was obviously Cardinal baseball was, 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 was you know, was. Well, you even had the steamers too before. Yeah, the and in the early and, '80s, they were they as were, a kid. They, that's oh, what I was doing. Yes. And that sort of faded, and then the hockey came in. But yes. that, to me, I think yeah. people won't even realize that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, the steamers were outdrawing us in those early years because I mean, this is such a, ho- a soccer town. The tickets were a lot cheaper than, than the hockey tickets were. So uh, a lot of people, and it was really kind of the same game, uh, other than the, you know, it was played with a ball and uh, you know, on on you know, with sneakers on instead of you know, with sticks and skates. So, uh, but you know. When I look back at my career, yes, I mean like, there were a lot of great center icemen in, in in the league at the time. You know, guys like Dennis Savard, Brian Trotre. You know, I can go on. You know, Dale Howardchuk. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, of course, Wayne was there. Messier was there. But uh, Ronnie Francis. There was there was a number of them. And, and, and playing in a small market, I mean, we had what a half dozen games maybe on TV uh, during the year. I mean, the only time we really people saw us on a national level is when we played on Hockey Night in Canada, which was maybe once or twice a year. So uh, when you don't get any press, no, you don't. But uh, I mean, that's you know what? That's life. That's it's just kind of where it is. I mean, I'm glad that everybody, I mean, you look at what St. Louis is now. I mean, Brett Hull changed everything. You know, when Brett Hull scored 86 goals, I mean, that changed the entire way, the way that the St. Louis Bulls were looked at. I mean, it uh, changed the way the kids that were growing up in the city were, 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 were looking at hockey. I mean, they all became instant, you know, really hockey fans. They wanted to play. They wanted to imitate Brett Hull. And uh, that's why we still have the new Scott trade. It was what Brett had done, you know, on the ice is, uh, you know, the excitement of him, the, you know, the way he handled. Uh, himself. I mean, uh, uh, he's a character. You know, he, Brett, you know, his heart is on his sleeve, and he said what he wanted to say, and he excited a lot of people by doing it. And, and he, you know, he backed what he said with, with what he did, what he put up. But, uh, uh, you know, the air has changed, times change, and, um, you know, if I would have played in New York, yes, or Toronto, maybe I would have had, you know, greater accolades than I had. But, I mean, I think you always look at what your peers look at, and, uh, you know, I've been recognized and honored by my peers and, and by, the, you know, the people that respect the game um, at the Hall of Fame level, and you know what? I've got really no complaints. I'm, I'm happy here in St. Louis. I, I've got a, uh, you know, a, uh, I've had a great, great run here in St. Louis. I had a great career here. I've, I've got, a, a, you know, numerous friends. Uh, uh, after hockey has been really great to me. Uh, you know, I've, I mean, we're, I, we're friends. That's yeah, good. Right? We got lots. I mean, I'm, Brad, I, I'm serious. I've got. I mean, it's, it's. I've got friends all over the place, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just always, uh, you know, my family's been born and raised. You know, my, you know, my sons. They, they love it here. So it's, it's, it's been a, a really a, a great, you know, love relationship. That I've been able to have here in San Luis. A couple more minutes with the great Bernie Federico, Hall of Famer, number 24. I didn't even tell you to rap yet. Uh, I've always, we have known you for a long time through our, I used to work with you, and uh, I would get to interview you or I get to talk to you off camera, and I always would say, Bernie, what's the worst? I mean, I always, I would joke with you and say, Bernie, why are we cursed? But then I would run through some of the things that I thought would make the team curse. You tell me what you think is the worst thing that's happened to the Blues, because maybe we'll look forward. Well, this will be, this will be after 50 years. I was thinking, and these are my, as a, as a fan growing up, I kind of grew up around the Hall time. Uh, when they got rid of Garth Butcher and made the big deal in 91, I think Brett's made that one. The Wayne Gretzky getting rid of him, letting Brett Hall go. Um, or the Roman Turk in uh, 2001. Is there one moment where you think, wow, this was the year, out of all those that I kind of mentioned, or is there another one that I may have mentioned that you go, mm, 
that and I'm not saying curse, but boy, this was the best shot for this team to really win a cup in this town. Well, there's been a number of uh, of times that that's happened. I mean, I, you know what? Obviously, I wasn't here for the early, you know, times when the, when the Blues went to the Stanley Cup Finals. But I mean, I, you know, I, I look at '80, '81. Um, you know, we were that close, and then you know, in '81, '82, we 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 fell back because uh, Mr. Francis tried to get Scott Campbell, who was, you know, going to be that 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 defenseman that we dearly cherish the, you know the the star defenseman that can you know put put everybody in the back like the Chris Pronger or the Al McKinnis or that type of player and you know Scott had had concussions and when he brought it in he came to training camp and then retired so uh, that really set the organization back because we were counting on him to be that part uh, Mr. Francis made a number of you know trades uh, you know to kind of set everything up that way, gave up a number of players to go to you know Winnipeg to get Scott Campbell, and then things didn't work out. So I mean, I think that was one of the turning points for us. But I think there's been a lot of things that you look back. I mean, to me, one of the things has always been kind of the instability of ownership. Um, too many times we were close, and then you know something happens. We were really close under Ralph and Purina, and then they didn't it's want. It's crazy That's as you right. look at as we talked about. It's yeah. just sort of this yeah. cycle that we yeah. still really can't the get Solomons through. Solomons was yeah. the Solomons, and then it was you know Ralph and Purina, and then Harry Ornass, of course, sold before. I mean, we went to the semifinals with a team that was that shouldn't have been there. I, I, you know what? We were a team that was not near as gifted as uh, the other teams in the league. Uh, you know, we had 20 guys. That's all we had in the organization, and we were able to stay together. And we, you know, we 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 put it all together, and and we're able to you know almost get to the Stanley Cup final but uh, again then there's change in ownership again and you know what I mean I'm really so big on local ownership and I and I and I really loved what you know what Mr. Shanahan did here you know what I mean that team in the in the late 90s was as good as it got you know in the, when it was, I should say mid 90s uh, first of all with Mr. Shanahan um, guys like Brett Hall and but again it's 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 decisions from the management it's really hard when you know it's very hard to win a Stanley Cup and we know that very well but I mean you try to tweak your team just by a little bit to try to make that that thing happen and you know what everyone's tried to do that I mean I look at the the you know with the when the year of the, of the president I mean I, I I hate to see a guy like Brett Hall got traded I mean I, I look at the guys that were here that I played with if they would all stayed with us guys like Gilmore and and Hull and Joey Mullen I mean these guys all went on to win Stanley Cups elsewhere Rob Ramage if we had, had been able to keep all these guys here and, and this was a, a, a an era when there was no salary cap so if an owner would have wanted to keep everybody they wouldn't be able to do that but it was it was the era that you were not allowed to do it but I look at the uh, the, the you know with, with the with the lorries I mean Bill Laurie spent a, a, a lot of money to try to win a cup and, and you know what I mean people talk you know unkindly of Bill Laurie I, I disagree that came so, close. I know but I, I disagree with that so much because Bill Laurie put everything on the line to win and I, I, you know he got sour when the, when the lockout came and the, the strike and I don't blame him he said enough is enough I've spent all this money but I mean that year I mean I still blame the fact that you know what with the team that they had with the you know McKinnis and and, 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 and Pronger you know on, on defense and with all of you know the fine forwards they had I mean Nothing against Roman Turk, but I mean, a goaltender should have been bought. I mean, uh, I think Larry Plo had an opportunity, and, and, and Mr. Laurie was not afraid to spend money. And we should have had a different goalie here. We should have had a star goalie like Dominic Hossack Dominic ended up going to Detroit, and they won the cup with him. And we had a chance to get him. Yeah, what happened there? I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I mean, you know what? Again, there's always hearsay and this and that, but um, you know what? He had, I mean, he was unrestricted free agent. He had a chance to go wherever he wanted, and uh, he chose Detroit over St. Louis. Us for whatever reason, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But um, you know, there were things that happened, obviously. But I mean, it's always been something close. And then, of course, you know, and then Lori sell, and then you know, we get another era coming in here with the, uh, you know, with Dave Checkets, and you know, again, out, you know, an out of town, you know, ownership group that 
to me, a lot of times is in it just, you know, to try to get things straight. Like Harry Ornest was sell off and make some money. And, um, you know, they did a jo good job with John Davidson building the team, you know, with the draft and, and putting, you know, a good together team. And, and, you know, what that's what we have now is because of a good draft, you know, since Tom Stillman's group has, has taken over. Now, again, I'm, I'm so happy to see local ownership. These guys are all businessmen here in St. Louis. Uh, they all, you know, they all bleed blue. They all want the St. Louis Blues to be a winner. They all want to see a Stanley Cup, and they're willing to give Doug Armstrong the leverage, the the you know the the cap space, you know, to spend the money to try to you know put the team together so that you can win it all. But Brad, you know, it's very very difficult to win. I mean, you got to win 16 games in in the spring and, and and into the early summer. It's very very difficult. So you you try to you know. Uh, put together a team as good as you can, then you try to tweak it, and of course now the salary cap plays such a big role in uh, because you can't overspend. So there's there's so many factors. It's it's tough being a general manager in this league, and and certainly uh, it's very difficult to win a Stanley Cup. Well, that was I mean that's the history lesson we and we've had that conversation many times. So I appreciate it. But let's talk about just lastly this team this year, fiftieth uh, year, a lot going on. They subtract, they add, also. Uh, the Winter Classic will be part of this too. So, basically, just your thoughts on uh, we're, we're going to see the team come out and play the, the Hawks uh, tonight. This is taped, so we don't have to really be real specific. But just your thoughts on what we're going to see in 26, 2017, and maybe a Stanley Cup down market. Well, that's you know that's the goal every year. And, and, and Brad, I, you know what? When I when I look at it, I mean, this is a team that that needs to find an identity. I mean. Uh, there are some changes, obviously. You know, Brian Elliott is no longer, you know, part of the goaltending tan tandem. Uh, David Backus, who's been the captain for the last, what, seven or eight years now, is gone. Uh, the size that he brings, the amount of ice time that he brings, it gives an opportunity to somebody else to, to fill that role. Uh, you know, what? the Blues are a smaller team. Brower's gone. Backus is gone. Uh, two big guys that, that, you know, went to the front of the net and uh, were very physical in the corner. So uh, this team is, we're going to see it and find an ide a different identity. I mean, there's a lot of skill on this team. Uh, the, you know, the, the leaders group uh, is still very very fine and you know Alexander Steen um, Paul Stasty's into his third year now he's he's looking to, to lead this team further uh, new captain and Alex Petrangelo he, he's looking to lead this this team onward but I mean Jake Allen's a very solid goaltender we all know that and, and um, I think this was a, a really a, the right move for the Blues to do let Jake you know Give him the opportunity uh, to run with you know with, with the with the you know with the goaltending. Brian Elliott, with what he's done for the Blues, he deserved to go somewhere and be number one, and that's what he's able to do. He went to Calgary and he's going to be the number one goaltender. But um, this is a hard division, the Norris, and and you know what? Um, <laughs> it's not the Norris, well, party, but it is the Norris. The Norris. <laughs> you know, the Central, I still call it the it's Norris. The North Stars. The, yes, <laughs> we still have Minnesota, yeah. the North Stars. We have the Blackhawks, the Minnesota Stars. We always laugh right. about it because that we, we still call because it's it it's it's North. tough. It's well, tough. The Norris was always the hardest one yes. too. Yeah. Toronto and Detroit, yes, but it was you know there was a lot of you know physical play and, and you know what when you look at the Central it's it's a very very tough division right now and um, you know what the skill level of the Blues now has to rise I mean it's these young guys that now are there into their you know mid of their, their mid time of their careers now now it's their turn to start showing what everybody they can do we all know how great Tarasenko is you know he's he's improved every year uh, now he's going into his you know his fifth year now and and you know what he's got. You know, superstardom written all over him. So uh, he's the guy that the Blues, you know, are going to want to ride. Uh, but certainly, you know, Jaden Schwartz, who is unfortunately hurt right now, uh, I think that, you know, again, he's got a new contract. You know, he's into his second contract. He, he wants to prove to everybody that he's got another uh, notch. But I mean, it's guys like, you know, Robbie Fabry, who played so fantastic last year. I mean, his skill level is fantastic. You know, we, we 
was also what Colton Pareko did. Uh, the Blues defense still is really solid from last year. You know, guys like Bo Meester, you got Gunnarsson, you've got, you know, Petrangelo, get played, you know, very good defensively. Kevin Shadkirk, still, you know, quarterback uh, on the power play. So their skill level is still there. It's just, you know, it's the, it's the, the guys now that need to replace the Bacchuses and Brower. Now we're going to see what kind of identity they can give to this team. But uh, this is still one of the uh, top teams in the league. I expect this team to, to challenge for first in the, in the, in the uh, Central Division once again. And you know what? From then on, I mean, uh, you, you see what happens during the season. I mean, Doug Armstrong has shown in the past he's not afraid to make some moves if you have to. He's always said if he can make the team better, he will do it. But uh, right now I think everybody's very excited about what happened last year in the spring, and I think everybody wants it to go forward. So I think, to, you know, with the game in Chicago, it's a start, but it's an 82-game grind, and uh, we'll just have to see uh, where, the, where the Blues, uh, you know, end up. But certainly uh, they're excited about it, and you know what? It's going to be a very exciting, uh, you know, season, obviously, with, with being the 50th anniversary anniversary of the Blues. Maybe we'll catch up in February, see how things are going. You can tell more stories. Bernie, you're a Hall of Fame hockey player. You're more of a Hall of Fame person, Bernie. Well, thank you, Bradley. January will be the time we'll catch up because we'll be at the Winter Classic, which is going to be the fantastic time at Bush Stadium. Uh, you know what? For for the St. Louis, really, for the ownership group to be honored by having this, this is a special honor to be able to to have the uh, uh, Winter Classic game, the big one here. And you know what? Thanks to Dewitts and to you know to uh, uh, Bush Stadium, it's it's going to be a fantastic uh, uh, three or four days. Any chance we can see some '70s hockey in that alumni game? Maybe you throw an elbow to, to no. Savard and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who all the Hawks are going to bring down here, but uh, it's that. That I think people don't even realize. I don't know if they know this. If fans know that you guys will all be out there playing, and I assume you're going to try to win that game, right? Well, I expect that we'll try to win the game. You know, it's a fun game. You know what? It's on the 31st. It's going to be in the afternoon. So I mean, uh, the Hawks are sending a crew, a bunch of alumni. That uh, you know, what's funny how you don't you hate these guys when you're playing, and you meet them after you're all done, and uh, we're all good friends now. So you know, we all built a. Uh, you know, we all take pride in what we've done. We've built this this uh, uh, league up. I mean, it was all the guys before us, guys like Bobby Plager, Barkley Plager, all those guys before us. But we're going to see some of these guys tonight that uh, from the original 1967 team. But they built the, you know, the league to start with. We kept it going, and now I mean, uh, this is one of the, the great leagues in in uh, professional sports now. And uh, you know, we feel very honored with that, and to be able to get a you know a game like this in the alumni with with our families around and and the great fans that we have. Still, it's going to be a lot of fun for us. I can't wait. I'll be looking for tickets from you. Yes, you will, and you won't get them, but you'll be looking <laughs> for them like normal. No. I appreciate it. And uh, Thanksgiving dinner. We'll, we'll maybe yeah, do it over yeah, the... Sure. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thanksgiving, maybe Halloween first, too. I'll do that. Yeah, sure. No, I'm serious. I know, no, no, I now I don't have I, to work I, I anymore. Know, with I know you are serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bernie Federico. He's the greatest. Baseball and Beyond, thanks for uh, joining us. Presented by Masses. You're a big fan of Masses Restaurant. Like you go I, to get... I do. I, I, I've been there a number of times. I haven't been there for a while, but you know what? When you take me there for dinner, I'll, I'll go there with you All again, right. too. There it is. Then I'm taking Bernie out for dinner. Baseball and Beyond, presented by Masses. We thank the Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame person first. Hall of Fame hockey player. This is Brad. Thanks for listening. See you next time.